From hook and bullet to policy and science, we're here to discuss and dissect all matters of importance to Montana's rugged landscape and the people and wildlife that call it home. This is Montana Untamed. It's a hallmark trait of bears, a characteristic known even by small children. Bruins hibernate through winter, except this year around Missoula, many of them aren't. From neighborhood trash bears to near city grizzlies feeding on frozen roadkill all season, plus rural grizzly tracks spotted amid a frigid and snowy February, bears in west central Montana are active in greater numbers and frequency than normal for this time of year. Here with me today is Joshua Murdoch, the Missoulian's outdoors and natural resources reporter. He's been reporting on all sorts of unusual bear activity in recent months, including this. So, Josh, what's going on here? Well, the short answer is that uh, a lot of bears didn't hibernate this year, or they're not really hibernating normally. Um, Around this area, there's been a phenomenon that hasn't really been seen before of a lot of bears, particularly black bears, that are either staying out really late, they didn't den when they normally would, um, the end of fall or beginning of winter, and they stayed out through most of the winter They seem to have maybe gone into dens uh, in February when they should be in the middle of their hibernation. Um, Others dened normally or maybe even early, possibly due to kind of an early onset this fall to winter-like weather with cold temps and snow. Um, But then they started emerging from dens really unusually early, um, as early as, you know, February, the beginning or middle of February. And then other bears maybe stayed out all winter long um, or have been unusually active kind of in a walking hibernation moving between dens. Um, That's not totally unheard of, particularly with large male grizzly bears. Uh, If they have healthy fat deposits, sometimes they will be in more of a walking hibernation during winter than staying put in a specific den. But regardless, there seems to be a lot more activity this winter with bears than there's ever been before in this area. Um, Jamie Jonkel, who is Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks bear management specialist for Region 2, you know, who has decades of experience handling bear conflict, said that this year there's been more bears than we have ever had in a normal winter. He said it could be an anomaly, It could be an indicator of climate change, could be an indicator of bears saying, well, I'll just stay out and keep eating because the food's available, or it could be an indicator of bears saying, look, I'm hurting and I'm going to come out early. So there could be a bunch of things going on, but the end result is that in this area, in Region 2, where Jamie works uh, around Missoula and the Bitterroot and the Blackfoot and Clearwater Valleys, there's a lot of bears this winter in out and about in a time when we normally wouldn't see them. So you mentioned R2 region two, and I mentioned in the top of this, um, you know, West central Montana, but is this happening everywhere or is it only in, you know, these certain areas in, you know, Western Montana? That's one of the really interesting things is that unlike some other patterns that were observed uh, this past year with bears, particularly with black bear conflict, 
that played out all over western Montana, this phenomenon of unusual bear activity in winter isn't playing out evenly across western Montana. You know, it's being seen here in Region 2. Um, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence, stories about people seeing bears. Um, professionals like Jamie Jonkel are seeing it themselves. I talked to his counterparts, the bear management specialists in other FWP regions in Montana. They're not seeing the same thing. They've heard of what is going on here in Region 2. But, uh, you know, Chad White, for example, who is a Shoto-based bear management specialist with Region 4, he said they're having a, what he called, fairly normal, fairly quiet winter. Um, he hasn't had any more or less reports of bear activity than he would have any other winter. Um, he said that in a normal winter, they'll get a few people who see tracks when they're in the mountains along the Rocky Mountain front, but they generally don't see bears permanently, you know, or for the season coming out of their dens until around the middle of March or later. Um, that's usually when it kicks off. Um, Eric Wenham, who's a bear management specialist in Region 1 up in Kalispell, said that he doesn't see anything unusual in terms of uh, bear activity during the winter. Um, and one other thing he told me kind of echoed what bear managers across the state have said, which is that every year they do notice um, there's a trend that bears are going into their dens a little bit later every year. If you compare, you know, when bears usually den now to 20 years ago, it is a few weeks later. Um, so he's seen over his 30 years working in Region 1 that each year they go to bed a little bit later. Um, and then, you know, some are coming out earlier in the season than they used to. But in terms of midwinter activity, he's not really seeing anything um, unusual compared to other winters. Um, the same is true in uh, – you know, the further southwest or south-central portion of the state. Jeremiah Smith, who's a bear management technician over in Region 3, based out of Bozeman, he said this winter is pretty normal. He's not seeing anything out of the ordinary in terms of uh, black bear or grizzly bear activity uh, over in Region 3 this year. Um, he had two bears who came out prematurely and were euthanized because they were unhealthy. But he said that that's not totally unusual. Stuff like that happens every couple years. Um you know, so beyond that, overall across his region, he hasn't seen anything out of the ordinary. It really does seem to be concentrated uh, here in Region 2, uh, particularly around the Missoula area and up in, you know, the upper Blackfoot Valley there near uh, Sealy or Ovando. Um, and, uh, yeah, the other bear managers in the state, you know, they're aware of, of what's happening here. They say they haven't seen it in their areas, though. It seems to be pretty normal everywhere else. So do we have any idea why it may only be happening there? I mean, is has the winter weather affected that area differently, or is the food source availability different there? Bear managers aren't totally sure. Um, you know, when I asked uh, Jamie Jonkel about why is this happening, you know, he said he has some theories, but he's not entirely sure what specific thing or maybe what combination of factors has caused this to happen. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But what what really doesn't necessarily make sense is that it's just happening here. There doesn't seem to be anything that anyone's pointed to that's like this glaring difference between 
uh, habitat factors in this area specifically that would lead to this high level of bear activity compared to up in the Flathead or the Rocky Mountain Front um, or, you know, in the Gallatin area. Um, so that's that's a little bit of a mystery at this point, um, you know, why this area is seeing all these bears active through winter and other areas of the state with similar bear populations aren't seeing it. Hmm. Yeah, because it's really interesting because, you know, the reporting we did um, late summer of last year uh, kind of indicated that this this increase in bear conflict that we were seeing, specifically black bears, was kind of tied to drought, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it, it, it affected bears region-wide, you know, and so we saw that conflict region-wide, but it's really curious why it's only, you know, um, isolated to this area. So around Missoula and the Blackfoot and Clearwater Valleys, um, which it seems to be where this is happening, what have people been seeing? What, you know, like, what are these bears doing while they're not hibernating? Yeah, so, you know, there aren't hard numbers on exactly how many bears or, you know, what percentage of the population here in this area isn't hibernating or is going through some sort of unusual hibernation cycle. Um, But there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. There's a lot of stories coming out this winter, um, you know, not just from residents in the area, but also from the professional bear managers about what they're seeing, things they normally wouldn't see in these numbers this time of year. Um, so there's, uh, you know, one of the things that Jamie told me is that there have been uh, a lot of grizzly tracks spotted around the upper Blackfoot area. Um, so there was, uh, there are some grizzly tracks, fresh new grizzly tracks spotted, um, in the middle of February. Um, and, uh, that you know, usually Yellowstone National Park would be where the first grizzlies in the lower 48 emerged from their dens. This year, grizzlies in the Blackfoot seem to have come out even earlier um, by possibly a few weeks. Um, a couple weeks ago when I talked to Jamie, he said they'd already had at least three sets of grizzly tracks spotted in the upper Blackfoot um, dating back to the middle of February. Um, closer to Missoula, um, in Miller Creek, there was a bear that had been observed uh, eating roadkill on the side of the road um, throughout the winter. Um, the interesting thing with that was that it was what appeared to be a, uh, a healthy, normal weight bear. It wasn't this, uh, you know, it wasn't a emaciated bear that was food starved. Um, and that bear stayed out all the way through mid-February and then kind of fell off the radar of residents and bear managers around Miller Creek. And so uh, Jamie thinks that that bear um, then, you know, denned really, really late, went into a den in mid-February, which would be super unusual. I mean, that would be, you know, well beyond two months later than it probably should have gone into a den. And um, that wasn't the only one. Um, There was a bear that killed some chickens in Grant Creek in January. And then there was at least one bear in the rattlesnake neighborhood, um, which Jamie wonders 
might have been the same bear as Grant Creek um, that was raiding garbage in the Rattlesnake neighborhood all the way through February. Um, that bear was reported in the Missoula Bears um, local group here that has a Facebook page and website that tracks bear activity and works with bear managers. Um, but yeah, so that bear's exploits all through the winter were documented there. Jamie Jonkel was aware of it. Um, and that one also kind of disappeared after mid-February. And so he thinks that that bear may have also gone to the den. Um, and then, like I said, there's bears that are kind of doing the opposite. Um, there, uh, there's a bear spotted around Frenchtown uh, recently that seemed to have emerged from the den um, in the middle of February and uh, came out just around uh, Frenchtown, west of Missoula. And it seemed like it was uh, pretty sick, didn't really have much in the way of fat reserves. Um, so Jamie figured that that bear probably denned at an early or normal time this past fall, burned through all of its fat reserves or what little fat reserves it had prematurely and had to come out really early and probably won't go back into a den again this winter. It came out mid-February and it's probably out for the season. Um, initially, it was just hanging around some aspen groves and stream bottoms near Frenchtown and it's moved up to some home sites with uh, some frozen crab apples and mountain ash berries on the ground. So the bear's feasting on that right now, um, as well as hitting some carcasses it's found in the area. Um, and then even more recently than that, um, there was a starved, barely yearling, uh, a bear that was a cub last year, and upon emerging early from its den this year, um, you know, was, was starting its year as a yearling uh, that came out in the nine mile drainage and got into a uh, chicken coop at a ranch in the nine mile drainage. And, uh, you know, a, a brand new yearling bear should be anywhere from 60 to 80 pounds for a black bear. And this little bear weighed 20 pounds. It was totally emaciated, all skin and bones. It got into a chicken coop at a ranch and ate all the eggs, didn't do anything to the chickens. Um, and uh, one of the owners of the ranch, she looked in her chicken coop, saw that there weren't any eggs where there should have been eggs, and that all the straw was all disturbed. So she opened up a bigger door into the chicken coop, stuck her head in, and turned her head to look inside the chicken coop. And she was pretty much face-to-face, -face, like a foot or less away from this little tiny starved black bear. And she said it didn't do anything. It just looked pretty scared and downtrodden and just kind of looked up at her and then looked back down. And they couldn't they couldn't haze it out. Um, when they went inside, actually, um, they were inside their house. They saw it come out of the chicken coop, and it went uh, to go feed with their chickens and their pigs. It didn't bother the animals. It just was scarfing up the uh, livestock feed along with their animals. Um but as soon as they went outside, it scrambled right back inside the chicken coop. So FWP was able to come out and uh, capture that bear alive, and they were able to transfer it to FWP's wildlife rehabilitation facility in Helena, um, which is pretty unusual because they generally don't take uh, any bears older than cubs. Um, but they were able to take this one because um, it was just barely older than a cub and pretty tiny. Um, 
So, yeah, those are just some of the things that have been spotted around town here recently. And, of course, that's just what people have, uh, you know, seen or captured on camera um, or that bear managers are specifically aware of. So, you know, it's not clear how much activity beyond that may also be happening out of the landscape. So I think it's important, you know, and I kind of briefly mentioned it uh, before we got into that last question, but can you kind of explain why this is happening and, and give folks a primer who may not have saw our previous reporting on um, what happened at the end of, the, you know, the last sort of, I don't know what the term would be, but out of den season, you know, last late summer, early fall? Right. So although there isn't necessarily a great understanding of why this phenomenon seems to be so localized to central western Montana, um, there are definitely some theories for why it's happening. Um, and, uh, and like I said, these are kind of things that affect the whole state, so it doesn't get to why it's only happening here and not elsewhere. But, <clears throat> excuse me, this was a really, really bad year for bear conflict. Um, in fact, this just here... 2022, you mean? Right, yeah, this past okay. season. So 2022, that summer and fall... Um, last yeah last year technically um was you know all-time record by a long shot for uh human bear conflicts um as of uh last week um jamie jonkel said that he had tabulated 1200 or so of the black bear conflicts that happened in 2022 just in FWP's region two. He wasn't even halfway through all of them. Um, but even at 1200, that was about three times the total conflicts the year before. And he's thinking he might have as many as 24 or 2500 uh, total black bear conflicts uh, tabulated from last year once he's finished. That would be, you know, many orders of magnitude beyond what had ever been recorded in previous years. And that's before he even starts in on cataloging all the grizzly bear conflicts that he was called out to. Um, So it was an absolutely insane year for black bears, particularly. There was some more grizzly bear conflict, but it was especially the black bears, you know, getting into trash, trying to break into homes, things like that, Uh, you know, being a little bit more averse to hazing techniques that will usually scare them off. Um, And that's something that was pretty consistent across Western Montana. Bear managers across the state were sharing similar stories of dealing with more bears in human environments and in places where they wouldn't even normally see bears than ever before. Um, And the main reason that that was happening here and elsewhere in the state was because there was a widespread food failure across the entire state. The berry crops, which are one of the primary foods for black bears in uh, late summer and early fall as they're trying to pack on pounds before hibernation, those berry crops didn't really come to fruition this year. Um, So you had not just bears that are conditioned to going into neighborhoods for food anyway, but also bears that normally would stay in the hills and eat naturally available food all of them were coming into human environments in search of food because they couldn't really find food anywhere else. Um, And that 
left the area with a lot of underfed, malnourished, really hungry bears that didn't have adequate fat reserves um, as they went into hibernation. And so bear managers figure that that may be one of the primary reasons that there are bears, uh, you know, that didn't hibernate until later in the winter. You know, they had to stay out to keep eating maybe before they, you know, were able to build up fat reserves to go into a den. Or they denned at a normal time, but they had such little fat reserves that, you know, they hit a point in the middle of winter where their body had burned all of its fat reserves and it started to, you know, burn its own muscle. And so the bear had to leave hibernation in search of more food. Um, and then there's also a phenomenon, and this was likely the case with the little uh, now yearling um, cub last year that wandered into the chicken coop at the Nine Mile Ranch. Um, they figured that that cub was one of, you know, as many as 30 cubs in this region that were orphaned last year um, because their mother didn't have the fat reserves and, you know, wasn't in a healthy state to go into the den with cubs. Um, so there were probably 25 to 30 cubs in region two that were orphaned and might've, you know, been stuck outside of dens through the winter. Um, several were hit and killed by vehicles. Um, and a lot of them probably died in some other fashion. Um, generally an orphaned cub isn't going to survive through the winter. Um, that one that turned up at the ranch in nine mile last week seems to have been one that, uh, barely did survive the winter and, uh, probably wasn't long for the world had it not stumbled into that chicken coop and, uh, been saved by the ranchers who really wanted to see it get a second chance and FWP, which was able to, uh, work something out, sending it to the rehab facility. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the background for, uh, coming into this winter. There was just this insane amount of bear conflict and especially around here, it kept going into December. I mean, I remember being at meetings of bear managers and other biologists, um, who primarily deal with grizzlies, um, or the meeting was primarily dealing with grizzlies, but a lot of these people deal with both black and grizzly bears, um, in early December. And a lot of them from around the state were reporting, well, normally we wouldn't be, you know, still dealing with bear conflict, but we are. And our bears don't seem to have gone to bed yet. Um, by a few weeks after that, most, re most regions had seen their bears go to bed, except for this one. Um, bear conflicts kind of tapered off to a low simmer here this winter, but it didn't go away almost completely the way it normally would. Um, and it there's a chance pretty good chance that it uh, probably has something to do with that food failure this year, this past year. Boy, that's pretty ironic that 20 pound yearling, usually when a bear makes its way into a chicken coop, that's kind of the end of the road for that bear. But it sounds like that bear making it into the chicken coop was, uh, it's saving grace. Um, yeah, it so really was ironically. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's the, the, the ranchers just happened to have brought their guard dogs in um, right before the bear probably stumbled upon this chicken coop. And that was really lucky for it as well, because the bears probably would have just killed the little cub or barely yearling. I mean, it was a tiny little thing. Um, and the guard dogs probably would have killed it. And um, 
Yeah, it got into the uh, chicken coop, but just feasted on eggs. Didn't mess with the chickens. Um, and uh, yeah, so they they yeah, ironically, uh, doing something that usually is conflict behavior that would uh, not have a good ending for the bear probably saved its life. Hmm. So, do we have any idea what this might mean going for going forward for you know the bear population in this area? Yeah, so there probably will be uh, somewhat of a uh, leveling of the bear population. Um, it's probably not going to be anything crazy. Um, what Jamie Jonkel told me is that he said, I'm sure it will put a little blip in the patterns, but very slight. Even going way, way back, the population will have these patterns. And he was referring to hard winters, food failure years, although this past one was the most widespread um, that bear managers had seen. Um, and, uh, you know, he said there might be some years where a lot of cubs don't make it uh, or where young bears in general just don't make it. Um, but there's not going to be anything devastating. Um, harvests have been high in recent years uh, during hunting season for bears. The population seems to be growing um, pretty steadily, you know, this may be a minor pumping of the brakes on that population growth, but he's not expecting, um, you know, anything drastic in terms of, you know, significant or long-term population impacts. Um, you know, one thing, uh, you know, we're, we're already seeing it here, this early emergence um, of bears from their dens. In general, there's a strong possibility that this region will see more bears coming out earlier. Um, we could see a lot of bears coming out in March um, instead of kind of being spread out through the first part of spring. Um, so we could just see more bears coming out in more places earlier uh, than they normally would. It could just be a little bit earlier start to season of, you know, bear activity and bear conflict. And one of the things that some other ba uh, bear managers mentioned to me um, especially Chad White over on the Rocky Mountain front, you know, he didn't preclude the possibility that even though they've had a normal winter for bear activity so far, he said he wondered if he'll see a lot of black bears come out early this spring, earlier than usual, because of the food failure year. Because unlike grizzly bears, the black bears didn't really key in on grain or carcasses of cattle uh, as an alternative food source during the food failure. Grizzly bears did, um, and so, you know, he feels that they probably were okay when they when they denned. Um, the black bears didn't. They still on the Rocky Mountain front were pretty hard up for food last fall. <coughs> Excuse me. And so he wonders if he's going to see an early emergence of black bears and a higher conflict rate as a result of that uh, over in Region 4. So there is a possibility that even for these areas that have had normal, quiet winters of pretty minimal bear activity, um, there's a possibility those places may still see kind of an early start and uh, a pretty active start to uh, bear conflict this season. But really, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, you know, it was a pretty unusual year last year. It's been an unusual winter here in Region 2. And I think a lot of people are in a bit of a waiting pattern where we just 
kind of have to see how things unfold this spring and summer. Yeah, I think that's an interesting bit of context that Jamie Jonkel provides that, you know, this is unusual behavior, but it's not unheard of behavior. We've seen it in the past. Um, and I guess the question that time will answer is if this unusual behavior becomes normal behavior as, you know, climate change continues to um, play out across the West and, you know, drought continues to, um, you know, grip uh, Montana and, you know, the West in general. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, there are, you know, outside of the unusual amount of bear activity this winter here in region two, which, um, you know, would represent certainly a, uh, an unusual spike in wintertime bear activity for this region and compared to anywhere else in Western Montana, there are some trends that these bear managers across Western Montana have been observing. And that's that kind of the, the denning season over the years has been getting shorter on each end. Um, bears are going to bed a little bit later every year. They're coming out a little bit earlier each spring. Um, so that, uh, you know, that is something that is being observed as this gradual trend across the region. Um, and, uh, you know, Eric Wenham, who's up in Kalispell, he said, you know, this is a pretty normal winter up there for midwinter bear activity, but he was surprised that it was still, you know, keeping in the trend of shorter denning seasons um, and ever so slightly more bear activity um, through the winter compared to each previous year, um, given that this was a cold, snowy, long winter. Um, he would have thought that that would quiet bears down and, and he would see, you know, longer denning and a dip in wintertime bear activity. But instead, things just kept with this gradual trend that he's observed up there. He didn't have a crazy winter with wintertime bear activity, but things continued on this gradual trend he's seen over the decades of a little bit shorter denning, maybe a little bit more bear activity in the winter. Um, and what surprised him was that he didn't see a dip in that. He said that he would have thought that things would have been much quieter than previous winters and with a much longer denning season because winter started early and it's being cold and snowy. Um, but that didn't seem to really impact this trend of bear activity. So that, that surprised him. Um, and, uh, you know, Jamie noticed a similar thing here in region two, um, you know, that he's seen over the years. Um, for example, grizzly bears, you know, generally are going into their dens a little bit later each fall. Um, and so, yeah, as, as time goes on, it's, it's, you know, unclear whether those gradual trends that are playing out across the state may or may not, um, end up morphing into what is happening here this winter in region two, where there ends up being a lot of bears out of dens in winter. Hmm. Well, thanks for coming on as always, Josh. Absolutely. Montana Untamed is a podcast from the newsrooms of Lee Enterprises' Montana newspapers. Visit any of our websites or subscribe wherever podcasts are found.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.